Yellow Edge, in association with the Winston Churchill Trust, proudly presents the Wayfinder Podcast. In this series, we ask high-performing individuals how they plotted the path to success. Our guests are all Churchill Fellows, having been provided the opportunity by the Churchill Trust to research their chosen field internationally. The Wayfinder explores the often winding paths of how these fellows came to their professions and catalogues the trials and tribulations faced along the way. And now your host, Scarlett Bennett. Alpha Cheng's life was changed forever when his father, Curtis Cheng, was tragically killed by a terrorist attack on October the 2nd, 2015. I'm Scarlett Bennett. Thank you for joining me on the Wayfinder podcast, Alpha. Thank you, Scarlett. Really uh, happy to be here today. Thank you. I wonder just to kick off, Alpha, give us a sense of who your father was. What sort of man was he? So, I, Dad, oh, sometimes it's so hard to capture, like, like someone that's so, so important in your life so, so um, quickly. But I think one thing that I described, Dad was a really uh, gentle, really kind person. I think one thing that um, really stuck with me with Dad is that he's such an incredible family man. Like, I think he, I think he really kind of works everything for the family, providing uh, my sister and I every opportunity he could afford us. He spends a lot of time with us, helping us, um, and also just even a lot of leisure time as well. Like, he would... Um, try to like understand our interests he'll play like video games with us he will come play like sports with us whatever we're choosing to to do so someone that's like really sort of um just dedicated to uh to family and us and yeah just someone he's also extremely sort of hardworking, sometimes like soft-spoken and yeah really sort of loved by his his friends and yeah, just like and a, and a very, very sort of like loving and, and doting dad. Like, and and as as I say this, I all all I can think is how, like how much I miss his presence every day. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure you do. It sounds like he was a really, really great dad and a, and a good man in in many, many respects. Alpha, tell us what happened on the second of October, two thousand and fifteen. Yeah, well, from. What where where I was on the second of October, I was actually in 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 South Australia in uh, McLaren Vale uh, on holidays with a couple of friends, and I remember we we were walking into a a pizza place uh, for dinner, and then uh, my friend was I got an alert on his phone, and he was like, "Oh, there's been a, a shooting outside the New South Wales Police Headquarters," and my instant thought was like, "Oh, well." Um, or I, um, dad works there. So, um, well, maybe we'll sit down. I'll give him a call, see what's, what's happening. And I remember um, then we ordered and then um, I kind of stepped out and, and gave him a call. And I remember going like, it went straight to voicemail. And then uh, I was like going, that's, that's kind of odd. So I, I called, I called mum and um, I was like, she picked up, she was, she, she sounded worried. And uh, I was like going, Oh, did you hear what's happened? And she's like, yes, I, I've been trying to contact, contact your dad for, for, uh, for a while, but I'm not getting through. And then I was just kind of reassured her. I was like, Oh, well, probably they've just kind of like blocked all communications. Like I'm sure everything will, 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 will work out and we'll hear what's happening soon. And then I remember 
it's probably not even that much longer, probably only about 15, 20 minutes later when um, I got a call from my sister and she was in, I could hear that she was in, in, in tears. And I think I, I, I sort of knew what was happening. And then my sister was like, have you heard what's happened? And she was like, well, the, the police has, has, has called me and has formally uh, told me that the person that was, um, was shot um, was dad. And mm. that was when I sort of like found out what uh, has happened uh, on that day. And from what, what happened was that dad was, was leaving work on a, on a Friday afternoon as he normally <laughs> would. And as he, he wasn't a police the... officer, was he? Sorry, he wasn't a police officer. No. He worked adjacent. No, so he worked. Um, he 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 was part of the. Uh, he was a, a civilian, um, a sort of a public servant for the police uh, force. Uh, so he worked in the, in, the, in the finance department um, with with New South Wales uh, Police, and yeah, so he yeah worked at the New South Wales Police headquarters in in Parramatta, and yeah, as he was walking out um, of, of of the building. Um, a 15-year-old boy kind of walked up behind him and shot him in the back of a head in a terrorist act. And that, from what we've been told, killed him uh, instantly. And the 15-year-old boy then turned his uh, attention to the front of the, the building, kind of fired shots. It alerted two special constables at, uh, in the in in the police headquarters. Um, they 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 came out, and uh, in the exchange of fire, uh, the fifteen year old um, boy was was shot dead at the scene as well. And I always kind of say that it's this it's not just one one sort of tragedy. That there was there was two as well. It's like what. As it, it, it is for, for myself, it's horrific, but it's, it's also kind of going, what, what brings uh, a 15-year-old to, to believe that such an act is, in, in a way, a solution to, to, to anything? Mm. And that, that was an incredibly hard, hard day. I, I couldn't get out of um, Adelaide as, um, that night. And the, the next day I uh, flew back to Sydney and went back to um, to 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 our family um, home, and um, there was police there. There were a couple of like um, family friends that were there, and it was just one of the most devastating, um, I guess, scenes that I, I could you you could imagine. It's just like mum was just absolutely inconsolable, and you just kind of felt felt a bit. I I knew I was a bit numb about like what even to to do. It's like yes. I'm um, still trying to process everything. There's lots going on. There's lots of people around. Then um, needed to get get briefed by um, our family liaison officer, who was um, really amazing sort of police detective, who kind of like talked us through what was going on and what we are uh, expecting to happen over the next sort of like days or so. There's a lot of things happening. We still had to even formally sort of like identify the body and things like that. So it was, um, yeah, now thinking back on it, it was all, a, it's, it was all a bit of a, like, like a blur now. Um, yeah, but I'm definitely sure Because you're in shock. Yeah. And definitely, as I said, in one of those things, like 
in terms of moments that kind of fundamentally change your life and sort of trajectory, this, this has to be, um, this has to be def one of those. You don't expect it, do you? Your dad goes to work in the morning just like he normally does and then he doesn't come home. What did you subsequently find out about his killer and the reason for the attack, Alpha? What we, what we found out was this is a 15-year-old boy who had, um, I think, some history of, of, of challenges in terms of at school, mental health, support, and was, I guess you could say, like targeted and 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 I guess you could say brainwashed and sort of like radicalized by a, a couple of I guess criminals thugs who are already sort of being watched by police have previous criminal records and they wanted to commit a, a terrorist act and they I guess targeted someone who was was vulnerable someone that wasn't on the radar to commit like a a a, a, a heinous act. I know that there was also like the 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 perpetrator's um, system about I think a couple of days prior to the the shooting boarded a plane and um, went over to 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 Syria to be a a foreign fighter or a, or, or as they say like sort of like an ISIS um, sort of um, bride so to say so there was like a lot of things going on I think we will probably never fully I guess understand what was going on behind sort of it all. And I, I, I know, and, and hopefully we still haven't had it yet, but um, a, a coronial uh, inquest that should be coming up um, so, some, some point into the, the future. Um, and hopefully we may find out a bit more, but I'm not, I guess, I'm not sort of like dying to, 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 to find out like more so the, 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 um, those, those sort of details. Well, it won't bring your father back, will it? No, exactly. And, you know, what was the aftermath like for you and your family as all this sort of information unfolded? Yeah, it was um, the aftermath. I think, as I said, like, it was just, it would just hit so hard, but it's also was so public as well. And I remember, like, even, like, the, the first day or two, afterwards i think we were kind of asked it's like going we you need to put out like a, a media release like from a family's perspective and maybe even like a a picture of your father that you want to share with the with the media this was sort of like my first sort of sort of dealings with um with 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 with, with i guess with with, with media and, and the public and had to learn very quickly like what to do how to respond like, like what to say, what message do we want to, 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 to provide? And that was, I guess, a bit of like a, as the, as the cliche goes, like a baptism of, of fire, I but also imagine. trying to, and yeah, exactly. And then trying to balance sort of trying to uh, support, trying to support mum. And, but also I, it's, I managed like a lot of the things that were happening because it is, I also like a a, a a criminal investigation, and then also like like family and friends that were like also trying to to support and um, people that were like flying in from overseas and things like that, like families and things like that. So there was lots going on, and I, I and I, I I just remembered like like almost not even like having time to kind of process it for myself, like dealing with everything. 
and it's been it's been incredibly hard sort of like as, as the as the months sort of went by I think it, it's taken mum like quite a long time to really sort of I guess pick up the pieces and to find herself again um I've had to take sort of some time um off work as well to to sort of process and and deal with um what's what's happening and so yeah it it, it does sort of have like a fundamental like impact I think my 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 mental health and my resilience has definitely not been as as strong as it um used to be um as well but we 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 continue to 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 push through and to rebuild and to potentially even hopefully find some positives from it in terms of my uh some of the the advocacy work that I do in terms of um since since 2015 but yeah there's there's definitely a sense of emptiness sometimes in terms of reflecting family that's like dad's not not here and has been kind of like been sort of almost like like, like taken away from us in a, in a way we had absolutely no control over mm. and I guess at times like this at this time of year you know we're recording just in the lead up to Christmas and you know birthdays anniversaries those sorts of things it's always particularly hard too isn't it yeah absolutely I think and even like like every year, I think when October sort of second comes around, it really does kind of, it kind of does loom large as well. And also like our National Police like Remembrance Day, I think it's normally late September uh, as well. So that, and we, we get sort of invited to that and that sort of like kind of almost like amplifies that because that, um, um, the, the, those two events sort of coinciding uh, in quite close sort of dates. Mm. The last thing on your mind when you were preparing your eulogy for your father's funeral would have been public attention, but it got quite a lot of it, didn't it? Tell us about that. Yeah, I think um, I'll, I'll, I'll like walk back a couple of steps in terms of like I, I uh, through some of the the, the, the press like uh, media release and things that we were doing, it kind of led me to to realize how how what what I say um, really has a big influence on sort of like the, the the mood or sentiment and I remember when we were going through the original uh, media release that like so the police media gave us a draft and me and a couple of friends we kind of sat through and did some of our own edits we added in some sort of personal touches and things to it but I remember um, there was the there was a the sentence in there that we that we we changed. The sentence was like, it was a kind of like a quote. It's like we are uh, shocked by um by whatever that's happening there. And I I remember us changing the word um, shocked to the words um, heartbroken. Uh, so we are heartbroken by the loss of our father uh, or, 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 or Curtis. And I remember when we we made that edit, we sent it off, and within like I think twenty or forty minutes, like the headlines were were already up, and it, it says like family, like heartbroken, heartbroken, and that made me kind of go like, wow, if that was the word that was changed, so if like it meant that, like if it wasn't changed, it the, the 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 headlines would have been family shocked. And I think that that create that sense of very sort of different sort of tone and message. So 
when I was preparing for the eulogy, I was very like heightenedly aware of what type of impact what I said was. And I think given like the, the, the sentiment and the sensitivities, like I always sort of say is that, and there was no control. No one was trying to control what I was trying to say as, as well. Like um, no one was, was doing that. So if, if, if anything, like if like I could have, I could have started, I, I always said that I could have started a riot if I wanted to, I could have been extremely angry. I could have um, said what I wanted. I could have like, I un- unleashed a lot of negative feelings and, and rightfully so, but I, I made a very distinct choice uh, not to because I reflected and I go, this is exactly what the, the extremists, the terrorists, the forces that seek to sort of hurt us in our society wants us to do they want us to 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 sow greater seeds of of hate or resentment to kind of fuel that rhetoric so I kind of went no we're not going I'm not going to give uh, into that so I crafted a, a eulogy that really is not really about what's ha- happened externally but kind of refocus on on on, on sort of the things that really matter the how important dad was in in our life how um how kind and gentle he was as a person and what that means to us as as a as a society um kept it short and sweet and focusing on on, on those elements and not being carried uh, by sort of like the, the the waves of of um, negative sort of um, rhetoric that was really kind of starting to to manifest itself at that point. And um, I did not realise how far it was going to go or how, or, or how, or how the message was received, but it was um, absolutely received in, in an in a extremely positive way. I think all I, all I have to say in terms of the eulogy is um, really made an active choice to not let the, the events sort of lead me to, to, to a path of sort of anger and, and resentment because... And revenge and destruction. Because I, yeah. I reflected back on dad as a person and I don't think that's, that's what he would have, have wanted as well. Yeah, and and certainly, you know, the the media around the eulogy was very much that you'd taken the higher road. Thank you, and I did not like sort of intend to <laughs> to to sort of elevate myself in in in, in any way. Um, but as I said, like I think by doing that, it kind of um, is uh, is sort of my act of defiance against those that have like inflicted such sort of hurt and pain on 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 dad on us as a family and on on us as a as a society as well there was a turning point for you i understand in december of 2015 january 2016 that led to some changes can you tell us a little bit about that sure i think after the the eulogy after all the sort of the really sort of uh, public sort of engagements that we needed to to go through as part of like dad's funeral and some of the proceedings regards that around that I think I was like going okay maybe just kind of 
like kind of stay, stay, stay private, kind of not sort of try to ruffle any feathers. And um, so, yeah, like had a lot of sort of requests for media interviews and things like that to share stories or to talk things. And we've kind of politely declined a lot of things as well. And in December 2015, January 2016, I went to um, Israel on a um, Holocaust uh, education sort of study tour, which I applied for and, and got uh, a few months before dad's tragic death. And a lot of people were saying, oh, no, Alpha, don't go. It's like you've, you've had a very like tough sort of couple of months. And I think like five weeks of learning about the Holocaust isn't going to necessarily cheer you up. (laughs) Uh, Not the thing to lift your spirits, is it? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. But, um, and also sort of being in a, in a, in a region where just a a higher risk of uh, perceived risk of, of of terrorism and, and, and attacks. And it's like going, oh yeah, like think about your your mother, you don't want her to worry about these things. But I, again, I was like going, I, I don't want to let this act change how I live my life and what I think is important. So I, I went over to, to Israel and through this the study trip, we t- talked to and met with a lot of uh, Holocaust uh, survivors, survivors that have been through sort of Auschwitz, death marches, hidden in orphanages, smuggled out of uh, Eastern Europe. Um, and all sorts of amazing, inspirational and sort of heartbreaking and tragic stories. And all of them who have gone through like trauma, which I think are almost many times more than I've uh, experienced, were talking about how the, the, the concept of never again in terms of like, and also not using hate and revenge to sort of cloud their stories is that they want to promote harmony, unity, hope like sort of speaking out against prejudice and hate and i think those those stories and the me- those messages i think really kind of hit home to me and kind of go like if you have a an ability to and a, a potential platform to be able to to do so to spread these these messages you, you should and it was sort of after i came back from israel and having heard all these um, survivors talk about like their stories in such a positive light that I was started to be to think maybe I can also use my story when when sort of on my own terms to sort of spread positive messages and speak out against hate and potentially prevent or reduce the risk of similar things happening again. And where did that lead you to, Alpha? It led me firstly to I guess to have the confidence to. Um, accept requests for for interviews to be on on panels and I, I never intended it to be but like sort of like you you open one door and, and it another just kind opens of, it kind of opens because I remember like I did one with or channel nine called in in conversation and then that opened the door to and then 60 minutes was like going oh you've done this one like I, and then so that went, I, I did that one and that was quite influential as well, um, speaking with Liz Hayes, who was um, an amazing interviewer as well. And then, yeah, as I said, it led to more doors, more people like sort of like different sort of publications or, or podcasts and, and an event started sort of wanting to, to speak to me. And it's kind of led to an interesting couple of ways. I was invited on, on Insight to talk about gun control 
because from my understanding, dad was sort of um, the, the, the gun that was used was sort of like a sort of on the sort of the gray black market sort of and being part of that led to me to lend my voice in, um, in advocacy in, in gun control and sort of me getting more confident in that. And then there was um, a lot of political sort of discussions about, about Muslims and especially Muslim immigration. And my dad's sort of tragic death was kind of pulled into it. It's like going, well, if we don't want this to happen uh, again, like this is what happens when we let sort of essentially paraphrasing, this is what happens when we let um, Muslims in. And then I just could not sort of sit back and hear and let that happen. And it's sort of like going back to what I was, I learned when I was in Israel is to, when you see something that you don't agree with in terms of um, hate and prejudice, you, you speak up. And so I wrote a, an op-ed um, speaking out against it. And I guess I did not intend it to be, but it also became like a, a little bit viral at that stage. It got a lot of tractions and it sort of like helped sort of like dampen sort of the, the, the escalating rhetoric from there as well. And then the things just kept sort of like progressing and I was very humbled when I got uh, well, I was a finalist for Young Australian of the Year. Uh, I think this was in 2017, 2018, uh, for recognition of, of some of my work in, in sort of the advocacy and speaking out against sort of hate and division. And that's just continued to, to um, open more doors, um, speaking to, to more people, getting invited to more uh, events. And and interestingly, in a lot of these events, starting people started asking me questions about like, oh, what what should what should the government do to prevent this? Like, what is the the uh, do you have any policy ideas or things to in terms of what you're talking about? And that's when it's when when I start kind of like going, oh, I actually don't have a lot of answers to these. I can talk about from a personal experience, but I'm no expert in in government policy. And yes, I've been I, I've been able to sort of use sort of my my platform as a as a high school teacher at this stage to kind of spread a lot of messages, and I think it helped amplify it because I was uh, a teacher of of humanities, and yeah, this is just kind of like I've, I don't think I've, I've fully planned a, a path um, since since 2015, but it's it's as I said, it's just sometimes you. Um, you open one door and it sort of leads to another. Mm. And tell us how the Churchill Fellowship fitted into that, Alpha. Yeah, and as, as I was just mentioning and being sort of roped in into sort of potential like policy discussions and I kind of went, I really don't know much about policy and how policy works and I really wanted to find out more. And a couple of uh, friends were like going, Alpha, have you thought about uh, applying for a Churchill Fellowship because like it's 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 perfect for someone like you who's got a bit of a, a passion and a sort of a, a really strong sort of backstory to want to do like a passion research project and um, I did some research and I and I and I applied I just said that this is my story this is what I'm interested in finding out more I want to see what governments or organizations or communities are doing in in different parts of the world to address sort of extremism to to prevent young people 
becoming sort of at risk or radicalized and also get a better understanding of what is my role as a someone who's been a, a victim or a person affected by extremism and, and terrorism. And um, I, I applied because they, they were like, I went to a Churchill information session and they were like, oh, yeah, you should apply. Like normally people don't get it like the first time around and things. So I was just like, okay, do you know what? I'm, this might happen later down the track, but I'm just going to throw one in just to like get practice of like applying. And I, I applied, they gave me an interview and I was already like going, wow, I got an interview. And then I did the interview and I was like, oh, that was really great experience. I now know what to do next time I apply. And then they were like, oh no, congratulations. I was like, like you're, you've got a church or fellowship. Like you can go do your, go, go do your research. And I was, I was almost unprepared for it uh, as well. And they obviously thought I had something to add to this, to this field. And I'm um, tremendously grateful for the opportunity that the Churchill Fellowship has given me because as part of my project, I was able to travel to the UK, Norway, Denmark, and, and France to go to conferences, to talk to academics, to talk to community groups, and also government departments, program um, leads, and things like that. And it was yeah something that I would not have been able to do out of my own accord like the the networks and the the doors that um the churchill fellowship name can open is is just um it's just incredible what were your key findings like in in a nutshell you know what are the key things you discovered or learned on your travels alpha yeah that's uh it's so hard sometimes to consolidate like so many meetings and conferences (laughs) into into a couple of points but i think the one that some of the key things for me is that one is that uh, if we're trying to address like violent or extremist sort of issues, it's, it's focusing on, it's more like a, a risk-based and a, a, a behaviour-based approach is, is, is better, is looking at at-risk behaviours as opposed to looking at at-risk groups, especially demographic groups. And I think certain uh, countries or jurisdictions have found out very quickly that inadvertently, sometimes not even explicitly, but inadvertently targeting our demographics of certain groups, potentially by, by, by race, by religion, ends up actually sort of even like exacerbating the situation um, more than it, than it needs to. I think community engagement and community buy-in is, is extremely important. If you don't bring the community with you in terms of what, um, what, what government or what law enforcements are, are doing, that's going to be a challenge. And another, the, another major finding that was, was of, of interest to me is sort of how the, the power of affected voices in this field can be. So affected being someone who's a victim or has experienced sort of extremism and, 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 and terrorism, um, those voices can be used very powerfully in terms of shaping narratives in terms of um, working uh, with, with with communities and I found sort of meeting um, other victims and and survivors and affected people of extremism and terrorism on my on my journey on my Churchill sort of fellowship I think really empowered me that I do have a voice and I uh, I can make a, uh, a a difference in this area. Six years on Alpha how has this changed you? 
six years on that's uh i i think it's it's changed me in in so many ways i think if i six years ago if you kind of go oh this is what you would have done and achieved this is where you will be i I don't think i could have pictured that i think um it's it's kind of got me to to realize that sometimes i also i need to prioritize my mental health (laughs) um as well that's been something that i've come to realize in the past couple of years that I need to be kind to myself, slow down a bit. It's really probably at the same time change a bit of career trajectory as well. I was very happy being a a high school teacher. And I think with everything that's happened with a lot of discussions and involvement in terms of policy work that has led me to pursue a, a potential career in in policy, so have in in the past couple of years, I joined the the public service and learning a lot and seeing where I could like influence or shape sort of advice or, or or decisions, and so that's definitely changed. In terms of the biggest change, of course, is picking up the the pieces of the of the pain that the past sort of five six years have been uh, inflicted. Uh, on us it's been a it's been it's been a a huge like a journey uh sort of helping mum through all of this and I think we're um we're just coming out of the we're we're just probably coming out um in in a lot of positivity mum recently got a dog which has absolutely transformed her life and we didn't realize that was going to make such a big difference um but yes and and as you said like every year when those sort of like times when you do get together as, as a family like sort of those like sort of like milestone dates like birthdays anniversaries or like festival dates like you do kind of going like there is sort of that that emptiness or that missing person that that's um that we we're missing very much we're doing i think the the best we can <laughs> as as a family i think we've um we've really tried to um sh- like sh- shine a light we've tried to pursue our, our lives as as best as we can a lot of the times in 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 honor or in memory of my of my father and like my sister has done really well like she's she's just recently graduated from university and she's doing really great things uh, as a as 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 a, as a dentist out in sort of like a regional um, community, who knows where the next six years will will bring? But everything we 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 do in the next six years, I think Dad will always be 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 there with us. That's lovely, Alpha. Thank you very much indeed for joining us on the Wayfinder. It's been fascinating to hear hear your story, and I'm just so sorry it came out of such difficult circumstances. Thank you. Thank you very much for for having me. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Wayfinder podcast. For more information on Yellow Edge and our services, including professional development, coaching, strategic support, mediation and venue hire, visit yellowedge.com.au. For more information on the Winston Churchill Trust, visit churchilltrust.com.au.